Hello and welcome to Hot Takes Episode 5. I'm Reese, the marketing person. This is Nelson, our founding engineer and global sales engineering guru. And that is Jason, our CTO. And today's hot take is thus. Nelson, Jason, I heard a rumor that engineers do not like writing authentication. Is that true? Do engineers hate authentication? Engineers hate a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) That is actually true. (laughs) What do you think? What do you think, uh, Nelson? Well, I actually liked writing authentication code. Uh, I was bad at it when I started. So that's probably a reason why I shouldn't have done it. But then I got a little better. Um, it, it, I think the cryptograph, the cryptography aspect of it was always interesting to me. That's why I kind of like wanted to get into it and, and learn that better. The, uh, and, that's, and that's why you and, uh, and Mike probably started this all. But uh, for the rest <laughs> of the world... <laughs> uh yeah no i think uh you know what do engineers hate um meetings um uh gatherings without agenda forced fun <laughs> time and working on on like kind of back office slash infrastructure of their products right think about it the the identity and access and authentication layer is necessary in any product right like what what product can you build? What service can you build that doesn't require some sort of user authentication and track? Almost nothing, right? Um, so if you do a really good job, what good happens? Nothing. Everyone's going to basically say, uh, great, great, great job doing what we expect you to be able to do. If you get it wrong, what's what bad can happen? Well, you can kill the company. You can shut off the revenue. Right, like there's all sorts of uh, downside risk. There's not really any sort of upside risk, right? And that kind of defines um, like supporting and background or back office sort of activities. Um, I do think that permeates the mindset of a lot of engineers as well as product managers when it comes to identity and auth. They they view it as a kind of a uh, uh, all downside risk, relatively upside risk. No one's terribly excited by it. Um, and and ideally so, right? Most people wake up out of bed, get excited to go to work to build the, the thing that's going to push revenue for the business, open new markets for the business, uh, expand to new customer and user types for the business, right? And and you know, the the product folks tend to talk about about that as like top line right? or pushing revenue or just pushing uh, um, you know the overall effectiveness of the product. The, the downside risk of getting authentication wrong, not only is it, is it, could it be catastrophic for the product, but it's hard. It's really, really hard to implement authentication correctly that is not exploitable. And if you needed any other sort of case and example, just start reading the news <laughs> about how incidents start and how incidents work. And like, uh, according to Verizon's DBIR, 80% of cyber incidents start with valid credentials use, right? That's a really polite way of saying um, you're not really getting a security result out of your identity stack. An identity stack that can't give me security results isn't really a good identity stack. So it's it's not easy to get right. And um, there's not necessarily a benefit from getting it right, but there's definitely a cost from getting it wrong, at least from the engineer's perspective. So yeah, no, it's... it's um, 
it, it's kind of like shoveling your dog your your dog poop, right? Mm-hmm. You got to do it. It's kind of expected of you. Uh, no one's going to congratulate you when you do it, uh, but they are going to look at you in a pretty bad way if you don't. Yeah, and as a user, you also dread authentication, creating passwords, password resets, recovery flows, two FA. I think mutually for the people who build applications and the people who use them, there's some kind of dread with authentication. And I think that that pervades this problem. So Nelson, like when you were building Beyond Identity, did you think about how crappy user experience was and how crappy it was to build it? And you were like, let's make this more fun. Well, it it became interesting. so the thing we were doing before had a lot to do with physical access to things. Um, and we, we, we started by, uh, with a point of you can use shared secrets. You can use passwords. Um, so I think it, it immediately, uh, well, if you leave the password out, what do you have? You need something that you can put on a device that's asymmetric in nature and you can use a public key to authenticate into things. So it became very naturally this thing where that's the kind of authentication you have to do. Now let's work with it. Um, but I, I think Mike and I and, and the folks that joined later at that point had very little experience using that kind of stuff. So we had to learn fast. Um, and then it, it became a really self-enforcing mechanism because you're forced to do public private keys. What else can you do on top of that? And then Jason joined us and, and showed us a light on in terms of security. The uh, the one thing I would like to tack on to there too is is like up until now, I think a lot of people share the view that um, the authentication stack is a dreaded experience uh, for everyone involved, users and customers, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, right? Like if we play off one of the things Nelson just said, or maybe a little backup and tell a story. So the other day, we all were here in the office. We need to go get lunch quick. Um, we felt all guilty for having uh, uh, eaten such slavishly uh, uh, the night before. I think we did like a, a big cookout in the kitchen and whatnot. So we all said, hey, let's go do salad. And so there's a popular salad joint across the street. What is it? Like Sweet Green? Yeah. And, um, and so we go down to Sweet Green and the COVID rules are so enforced. So they're not doing any sort of uh, in-store orders, only in-store pickup. It was like, oh crap. So I got I to gotta download the app. So I download the app. Uh, I go to sign up for an account. And then, I, and then it tells me, oh, you already have an account. What's your password? So I, I then try and figure out what's my password. Then I go through the password reset problem. And then I got an error. So it asked me to go back and start again from another perspective, from another point in the process. And at that point, it's like, screw this. Uh, I'm going to go across the street and get a sandwich from the deli. And I know that's trivial. And like, you know, uh, sweet green losing us not buying uh, $20 worth of salad or $30 worth of salad that day is a drop in the bucket. But for retail and e-commerce companies, um, shopping cart abandonment uh, is a real thing. And especially when you're looking at like really, really high transaction flows or high revenue flows, a 1% to 2% shopping cart abandonment because someone doesn't want to go through a password reset process, which does happen often, is material to the top line and uh, maybe just boiling it down even simpler. If you do take user experience into consideration of your identity stack, you can potentially actually drive top line results for the business. 
in a way where the user doesn't know it's there, doesn't get annoyed by it, and a way that's easy for the engineers to build and maintain. Don't piss off the user. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know, at the end of the day, a salad's a salad, so maybe it was a good thing that you couldn't log in. <laughs> I I, I, my, uh, unfortunately, uh, my, my, my COVID-19 would disagree with you. So how do you get, and you guys are engineers, how do you get people like you to care about authentication? Aside from the, the revenue aspect of it, right? What about just the, the sheer joy of building something? How do you tap into that with an engineer in terms of building authentication? You want to you wanna shoot first? Oh, man. Um, I think I, I, when I look at a product that has great APIs and it's well-documented and showing me something new, um, and I, I have an opportunity to learn from it, I think that's always the kind of things that I gravitate to. Um, and hopefully with authentication, there's a lot that folks don't know. Um, just how to implement great MFA. Uh, that's not a great subject for anybody. And I think the market says, hey, uh, Okta just acquired uh, Altera for a ton of money. Uh, and and still, MFA is something that's not widely deployed or widely adopted by users. Um, if you can show developers how to create a better user experience and in the meantime, uh, have them play with some fun technology, that's always fun. It's always great. The, uh, I would say I try to appeal to their intellectual vanity, <laughs> um, which is a, a fancy way of saying like uh, most engineers like puzzles. Uh, they like puzzles so much you could almost think of them like cats that you could toss a ball of yarn into and they would get caught up in the ball of yarn and totally be okay with it. Um, authentication, specifically authentication protocols, are really interesting puzzles for engineers. Um, and, you know, not every engineer uh, truly is interested in this sort of thing, but a lot of them are. And posing authentication protocols as a challenge um, to break, as well as to reinforce against certain types of breakage or attacks, um, can actually be exciting for a lot of folks. And um, when an engineer first approaches this sort of thing, like they tend to kind of approach it as a as a try and see, a cut and shoot, uh, a very empirical approach to how does the authentication protocol work? How could I break it? How could I repair it? But for the ones that do get involved and interested, there are principles and there are techniques that underlie, um, you know, the theory of um, authentication and privacy preserving operations and uh, and encryption and whatnot that. Um, you know, and once you learn those principles and you understand those composition rules, you can actually go faster and rather than work against like instances of a problem, you can start working on classes of a problem, which which is more powerful and whatnot. So like it's, uh, yeah, a, an appeal to their intellectual vanity. Um, like ultimately that still has to translate into code, but someone who's motivated by the core problem itself is usually going to go the extra mile versus someone who isn't. Yeah. So you mentioned you know, getting them into authentication protocols. What are you guys' favorite protocols? <laughs> and why? Favorite protocols. Um, 
the I don't know about favorite protocols, but some of the protocols that definitely um, uh, were eye-opening for me very early on in uh, grad school, just going through uh, things like Dijkstra's algorithm and spanning tree. And, and it's not really uh, crypto related. It's much more related to um, kind of networking and topology discovery and whatnot. But those almost felt like uh, the secrets of magic in understanding how networking worked. And so I went from there um, into uh, authentication protocols specifically, um, like different types of authentication protocols and how do you actually uh, uh, exchange some private information without revealing the private information, but proving to the third party uh, that you can actually uh, retain the private information. So uh, I think uh, like the core, the core protocol that underlies a lot of that is um, either HMAC and then also like Needham Schroeder. Um, or uh, a, uh, a resolved Needham Schroeder uh, protocol kind of is, is in the guts of, of how Kerberos works. Um, and when you look at that kind of core model, that core model also plays out um, uh, not in the authentication, but in the delegation uh, that you can now see in, in protocols like OAuth and OIDC. So there is a, a pretty interesting like intellectual genealogy between a lot of these things. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the fascination for me, honestly, it started with the simplest things like spanning tree, uh, Dijkstra's algorithm, um, uh, shortest paths, all paths, you know, cl- kind of classic computer science type stuff. So it's cool to know your favorite protocols, Jason, but it sounds like I need to get you and Nelson some yarn and just mm-hmm. let you guys go wild. Well, I mean, wouldn't you agree, Nelson, like engineers like puzzles? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, like uh, get, we got into it, right? It's it's cocaine for the brain, technically Woo! cocaine for the brain, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just yarn, you know. But or, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for this <laughs> hot take time. See you later. If you like what you're watching, subscribe.